0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Zone Podcast and welcome to the beginning of our Division Previews episodes here on the Zone Podcast. Wow, what a great time of year, what a great time to be alive as it were, all kinds of uh, football coming up. One of our guests might assert that it's too early to be doing these, but uh, guess what? I'm a sicko. I I can't wait any longer. What am I going to do? Do two podcast episodes a week in August? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Who has the time for that these days? It would take way too much scheduling. It's just easier if we just start in early July and just pound through them. It is... It is our division previews. It's the NFC North. And I'm joined today by mason from buffalo as always good man always here and and stealing the good man vernacular from the good man himself good man donovan burns with us today from the on the horn podcast you'll notice notably absent is bradford uh bradford has decided that he has better friends than us i guess he doesn't really value our friendship mason i guess like he didn't have to work tonight but he's still not here like what's the deal with that like i get that like he's young dumb and like you know the other part but like he, he is he is just like you know out there man like this is a startup division preview season like i know everyone's busy and i really appreciate you fighting through your busy schedule to be with us once a week mason you you, you know you're near and dear to my heart you're you're a real day one and we know this podcast is going out to nobody but ourselves and Donnie and maybe like the group chat that I send it to occasionally and uh it just hurts when a friend doesn't want to come talk ball and then record that conversation and put it on the internet it just hurts it hurts my heart I take it personally where, where the fuck is Bradford why isn't he here
1: I mean, as far as I'm aware, there's there's a cabin in the woods involved. There's a basement involved. There's things in the basement. We're not sure what they are quite yet, but we're 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 getting to the bottom of it. I, I, there's there's been a large discussion within the group chat of what might be in set basement at Bradford's cabin. But we're we're figuring
0: it out. I think we're gonna get
1: there one of these days. And we're gonna know what Bradford's been up to when he's not sitting here talking with friends.
0: You know, typically it is not me, but I have actually muted that group chat twice over the span of two days for about eight hours. Usually I'm the one that they have to mute the group chat for, but I do like that that group chat has enough camaraderie that it is now just a place where we we all reside. I really can't wait for an NFL Sunday, uh, specifically an NFL Sunday where maybe the Bills play away and you're not at the stadium and you're you're sitting yeah. on your and you're sitting on your couch uh where we're all just like you know going at it about NFL stuff so that's that should be nice I guess I should let our guest talk it's Donovan Burns with us uh as I, I pointed out the, the host of the Roth podcast Donnie you know me this is just kind of the way I roll how's it going my man <laughs>
2: Yeah, so usually when I record or do something along those lines, I make sure like the TV's off and everything in the background so I can focus. But I know, I'm well aware that Eric is just going to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk some more so i've actually espn there's pickleball on espn right now um i don't know if either of you are into the pickleball wave i'm certainly not in the pickleball wave but if it's on espn i'll watch it so that's gonna be my background information uh that's that's what i'm gonna be doing while eric starts spewing about whatever whatever is on his mind because that's that is this podcast is it not eric
0: yeah that's pretty much it no dodgers on tonight you know we're um Dodgers are definitely on tonight
2: i think yeah, Dodgers are on in like an hour, 45 minutes. So okay. we're still,
0: hopefully we're waiting on we'll that a little done, We'll be done way before then, hopefully. All right. <laughs> the I way you to be... talk, you think? Yeah. yeah. I So today we are talking about the NFC North. Not a ton of NFL news right now. It's a dead period. Not a lot's going on. But um, guess what, guys? It's, uh, you know. I want to, I want to start with some icebreakers. And and the first one is, you know, I was sitting at work today and, you know, I like my job. You know, I think my boss might be a new listener to this podcast, which, you know, could be, you know, a little bit of an issue for me, but I like my job. That said, it is higher education. It is the summer. Things are a little bit slow right now. And like, I've got most of my projects under control and I'm, brainstorming other things to do but i do occasionally you know have 20 or 30 minutes of downtime in the span of like you know three or so hours and i'm usually there for like seven or eight hours but uh you know what i found myself thinking about today football specifically the atlanta falcons uh i went back and i watched all of desmond ritter from last year and uh yeah you know i have some thoughts on desmond ritter but um yeah I just that was just a a way to open up this conversation like am I just a crazy person or have you guys thought started thinking about football yet I have my football magazines like I'm kind of just in a football mood like I when basically from after the NFL draft to this point in the summer when all the other sports are dead I give up on paying attention to the NFL I stop listening to NFL podcasts and Stuff like that. And I just kind of do this show slash take a break and talk about basketball or whatever. And now we're here and it's like, okay, I'm binging Mina Kimes. I'm binging around the NFL like I I just want all the information pouring into my brain before August hits. And then when August hits, it's going to be so much more information as well. Are you guys there yet? Has football started invading your brain? I think I know Donnie's answer, so I'll start with you, Mason.
1: Um, to some small degree, but unfortunately right now, uh, one of the main places that I tend to just troll around and enjoy my little football chats is on Reddit and uh Bill's Reddit's a hot mess right now. Um uh, oh is Stefan Diggs gonna quit the team? Is Josh Allen gonna light his house on fire and then take a new girlfriend there to have sex with her in the ashes? Like it's an absolute fucking dumpster fire right now, and I just can't I can't mentally deal with those human beings. So I'm still a, a bit checked out on it at the moment.
0: Okay. That's good. Well, I appreciate you looking at some Espn.com depth charts for today. I do I do appreciate that. I, I do think I have a solid amount of NFC North uh, information. I started with like what I considered the quote unquote boring divisions first. Uh, we might, you know, I, I think we'll do the AFC East next week, which is exciting and and should be lots of fun. But uh, I think at some point here, very soon we're going to have to do the NFC South and just get that over with. But uh, Donnie, any football thoughts creeping into your mind or is, is this I'm just a crazy person, right? Uh, pretty much. You know, I I did a little bit of research, obviously, so I
2: didn't come on here and look absolutely foolish with uh with what I was saying. However, uh, it is it we're two months uh, and a day away from the opening kickoff of the uh, NFL season, and I feel like two months uh, uh two months from anything. There's a lot that could happen in two months. I could physically I could lose a leg in the next two months. Obviously, knock on wood. Hopefully, it doesn't happen. Um, but you know, we're just uh, I personally, th- there's other things going on uh, in, in the world of sports. Obviously, uh, basketball and hockey just ended. Baseball. Still going on uh, i'm not focusing on football yet give me give me till like a week before preseason and then i'll i'll lock in for you i'll get you some i'll get you some more thoughts on that one but for now we're, we're really uh we're staying away pretty much
0: all right not even college football you haven't no. even started thinking about college football no, yet. no
2: give, give me two weeks until the college football season and I'll, i'll do a deep dive i'll spend uh, I'll I'll lock myself in the corner at my desk and sit there and look through every everybody. But for now, we're we're it's just too early. There's there's too much, there's too little going on for me to care. Like I I need more storylines. I need uh, once ESPN starts talking about things that that are more relevant instead of you know just whatever whatever was going on three weeks ago. Uh, we'll start we'll start talking here. But for now, it's it's a little too early for me. Eric. It's a little too early.
0: All right. Boys, I wanted to ask, you know, Undisputed, going on a little bit of a break here. Obviously, I don't think any of us watch Undisputed. Um, I think we just, like, know it exists. I don't know. If you could, like, put Skip Bayless in a torture chamber with, like, any one person that wasn't Stephen A. Smith to just, like, create the most violent and explosive debates on the internet, like... Who do you think it would be? I just, I just want to throw that question out here to the masses.
1: I think it needs to be a three-way death match uh, between him, Colin Coward, and uh, Nick Wright. I think you get the three of them, and then you just let them hot take at one another until one of them dies.
0: I think that's solid.
1: Oh, and I'm lost.
0: Yeah, I, I think, I think that is that. That's that's solid. Charles Barkley, I would not hate. I don't, I don't, that would be awful. I don't, I don't see how that would really work. It would be horrible. Stay on the rails or be good television. But I saw
2: the tweet about that and I sat there for like a good 30 seconds just thinking about the back and forth exchanges you would get. It just, it it would, it would blow my mind how stupid. Obviously, it'd be great TV. So that, that is the one caveat to things. If you're looking for great TV, you would get it. But just every, the substance would be so horrible. Like, I don't, could you put up, with like watching that on a regular basis. No, I don't think anybody in this world could really.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh my God. I'm back.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, it, 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 it's, it's just a a wild time. You know, I think more trendy, like younger, like, and this is just because like, I I do like part of my take for podcast quite a bit. And he's funny on Twitter. Like, I do think you put like a PFT commenter type, or someone that knows just how ridiculous skip is like in with him and like i think you could just make some really tremendous content that way but um but but yeah that i i didn't have many more thoughts than, than that but uh yeah i thought that that that's where we're at in the sports calendar that feels like that was the biggest sports story of the day really i mean it was Kind of yeah. like so, so, sort of like it, it's
2: sad to say, but sort of kind of I'm I don't know. I'm at the point where we kind of got to get rid of like anybody getting fed takes, like not giving their own takes on TV. We got it. We got to get away from that. That's all sports TV is now sports media. Like you think Skip Bayless actually believes what he's saying? A good More than like 15 or 20 percent of the time. It, it's hard for me, especially Colin Coward. Colin Coward says some of the most out of left field, just nonsense. Like and it's regular. It's every single. It's every single time he's on TV. There's something stupid that comes out. Obviously, <laughs> they're trying to get clicks. But like, do you think he actually believes anything that he's saying?
0: Mm. Very little. Very yeah. little. Well, I think Skip's crazy. I think Skip uh-huh. believes what he's saying. Like, I do think like Skip For sure. Bayless is the one guy that like everything he says he a hundred percent believes. Like, I I get it. Like Nick Wright. Nick Ray is too intelligent of a human being to like be the way he is, and like hundred percent believe it. As is Colin Coward. Like I believe Colin, Ka- Colin Coward. knows he's an entertainer, and like same with Stephen A. Smith. I think Skip Bayless is just stupid enough to be really dangerous and believe that all his takes are like one hundred percent factual.
2: It could be. I
0: mean, I'm not. I'm not doubting that thought.
2: That's
1: like a. That's a good theory. I'd say.
0: Yeah all right i mean it's like a bit
1: of a broader broader take on the whole thing it's hard i think for a lot of the like daily shows like that where they're on for like three or four hours and they're just talking about solid sports like well what are you supposed to do on a daily basis just rehash the same issue that you did and have the same take every day and not try to stir up like it's got to be tough for them in regards to like batting against somebody like a a Pat McAfee show where so often he veers off of sports for just hours on end for no reason other than he absolutely can. And so he doesn't have to like spend as much time doing kind of like the hot takey thing where he has to try to like stir up drama. He just goes and finds it. That's somewhere. That's not
0: sports. Yep. All right. Let's get to it. The NFC North. Yeah, you know, I always do these division previews slightly different. You know, Donnie, I think you've done like three or four of these with me at this point. It's always slightly different. Sometimes I draft like an all NFC North team, or like do like position drafts. This year, I was just like, I don't know. I I kind of want to just keep it simple and open ended. So I have two, que- three questions: um, an offensive question, a defensive question, and then a most underrated player question as well as a few extra ones for teams I find super interesting and we'll see how it goes maybe we'll change up the format later but let's start with we can start really anywhere Donnie I'm gonna let you pick what what team really you know stirs your fancy here to start with in in the NFC North? I don't know. I guess
2: we got to start at the top with the Lions, right? Like it it feels it it only feels right to me.
0: All right. We'll start with the Lions. And, you know, the offensive question, I I think, is pretty simple. They keep their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. Jamison Williams gets suspended again. Uh, Like, and, and by the way, I don't think there's a player I'm more out on in general than Jamison Williams. Like this is twice now that he's been suspended for large chunks in his NFL career, like, not even two years in, like, what are you doing with your life, bro? Like, get it together, like, get on the field. Like, I I cannot take you seriously as a high-value threat if you're just going to spend half the year, every single year, either injured or suspended. And it feels like that's exactly what, what he has done at this point. Seems like an immature kind of knucklehead type guy to me that, like, just wish he would like be able to get his life together, so I could see what this Lions offense looks like with an actual number one right wide receiver. Because Amon Ross St. Brown, let's be honest, he's a very high value like slot guy, but maybe not kind of your typical X receiver that you want to play outside the numbers. But the the big offensive question for them is this: obviously, I think it's quarterback. Is Jared Goff good enough to lead this team? two of the playoffs, now totally revamped at running back, still a pretty good offensive line. What what are we thinking in that regard, Donnie? I mean, I would say probably.
2: It feels like at this point uh, we have to factor in, uh, obviously last year was uh, a little bit stronger of a year than maybe you would have anticipated out of them uh, originally getting to nine wins. I don't know if anybody was really thinking, especially with how uh, it felt like, mediocre they were at times through the first like six weeks or so of the season. It looked like they were really not a great football team, but uh, things obviously picked up a little bit. I think, I think you can say yes, especially considering the division is going to be a little bit weaker this year, uh, which has been noted, you know, pretty obvious, pretty clear. Um, I'm not saying that he's a a superstar quarterback or anything, but we we see average level quarterbacks take their teams to the playoffs semi-regularly, I would say. And I think you put Jared Goff in like the average level ranking in terms of NFL starting quarterbacks this year there's definitely quarterbacks worse than him definitely quarterbacks better than him no real question there uh weapons are good enough i i don't i don't really i don't doubt it necessarily as like a a, a non super bowl contender playoff
0: team yeah mason your 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 kind of thoughts on on what this offense might look like
1: i mean i i definitely agree there i think the division and the conference as a whole kind of helps that outlook cuz i think if you were to take this team and you were to put them into the afc i think that would be a much harder conversation of like could they actually get to the playoffs i don't think there's really enough room there for a team that's i mean they're they're clearly getting better and you know with the turnaround that they did midseason and like the the pretty stark improvement they had over like their last eight games like i would say that clearly they've got something at coach whether or not that's the guy who can actually get the job done long-term or not. It obviously remains to be seen, but you've at least got a guy who can deal with like the adversity that comes with a season and still motivate his team enough for them to go out there and want to win games. And I think that's a pretty important factor in a lot of it at least. And so is Jared Goff good enough to win them a couple playoff games? I don't know about that, but good enough to get them to the playoffs so that they at least have a shot at it. I think that that's fairly likely. It's not the best compilation of skill, position talent in the league, but again, uh, a pretty weak and depressed NFC and NFC North especially. It's probably enough to sneak them nine wins again, maybe ten.
0: Do we believe in the wide receiving core for the first really half of the season almost when they didn't have dj shark last year they were actually surprisingly not as effective at passing the football down the field and now obviously he leaves in free agency it's josh reynolds and Khalif raymond are kind of the two and three wide receivers in maroon that accompany Amon ross st brown like I like Josh Reynolds a lot. I think he's a really underrated NFL player. But I I do kind of have concerns with the amount of weapons they have. I think there's a lot on Jameer Gibbs to be a very big part of the passing attack early.
2: Donnie? Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I I would say that's definitely valid. I do think... I don't – it's an interesting proposition really because, again, you did mention the weak wide receiver core, but I think we see that a lot out of teams that are like kind of sort of trying to – take it to the next level. obviously, they they tried to fix their receiving core, and certain players can't stay on the field for, uh, as you mentioned, injuries or gambling purposes because that's always something that players feel the need to do when they're on the road in a hotel for whatever. but that's beside the point. Um uh, I don't know. I, I think the the running back group obviously is going to be very important in the passing game. No real, no real question there. It's interesting too, the tight end. you're not you're gonna to have a TJ. Hawkins in there anymore. It's a little bit younger group. Um, guys, that you maybe, uh, you know, are, are not ready to throw right in there and say, hey, you know, this is going to be great, everything's going to go fine. But uh, I, I just feel, I feel strongly enough about what they did at the end of the year last year, and to think, hey, maybe they can take some of that, uh, what they've learned. Obviously, they'll be bringing back the majority of uh, of that same offensive group that was putting up all these points every week. If you remember correctly, at the end of the year, it felt like they were putting up thirty or forty points almost every week, or at least uh, uh back back off and forth every once in a while obviously i got to see them beat the giants that was all a really fun game a blast and it felt like that was a a kind of a step in the right direction for them because uh, they were coming on a three-game win streak and then they would go on and win five of the last six after losing to the bills so uh, you gotta i kind of think they can um tap into that that little lightning strike they had at the end of the year. I don't anticipate that being a huge problem. Um, and I, again, like you kind of want to rely on your young skill players. Don't you? You want to rely on your rookies. If you can, it's a, it's a cheap league. Now you gotta, you gotta get production out of whoever you can, at, at whatever, um, however you can, however early on in their career. Cause these guys don't last so long. So uh, you know, Jameer Gibbs is going to be out there. He's going to be a workhorse all year. You know, he's going to get the ball a ton. I, I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I think it could be, it could be a decent offense maybe not great but not the hor not the worst not
0: horrible talking about the defense my number one thing is the secondary was like just horribly bad last year like worst part of the team very much a weakness they go out they sign you know, camp sutton they bring in emmanuel mosley who's kind of a walking injury unfortunately but a decent quarter cornerback Kirby Joseph, Tracy Walker at the safety spots. I mean, fine safeties to have, and then you know you kind of look and C.J. Gardner Johnson, a nice a nice little add to play the nickel spot. What do we think about this kind of revamped secondary? Because I I think it looks good and better than last year's team did in in theory. I mean, Jeff Okuda was a a pretty average corner for most of the year and they only had one of him. And now they have at least two average corners, but I don't know. I don't really view this. If the defense is going to be successful, it's a a lot of it. I feel like kind of falls on Aiden Hutchinson, to be honest with you, which is, is asking a lot from what Aiden Hutchinson is. I think, What we saw from him last year was like kind of close to his peak. Like I I don't expect him to get a ton better. You kind of gave me a look there, Donnie. I I I I wonder if you disagree or not. But like from what it's a hot take. But from what he was projected as as a guy coming out of draft was like very good guy who can like compete for defensive rookie of a year in a weak edge class. But he's probably like between. 10 and 12 sacks a year and that's fine i mean that's still a top what 11 12 edge rusher in the nfl but it's not like you're adding like prime aaron donald to your roster or something here like i i i still look and and i kind of i don't know the defense looks like a dan campbell defense but like i'm not like i'm not like blown away by what i see mason so, I mean, in, on the Aiden Hutchinson thing, I mean, the one area where I
1: think you might definitely see that step back that the team, I think, kind of really needed his help on was the turnovers. I mean, two fumble recoveries and three interceptions. Is that going to happen every year where he's going to be able to turn fields for the team? Like, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be something that's hyper sustainable, but I mean, 9.5 sacks, that doesn't seem terribly unreasonable for the community to get, but I agree. Like, the defense overall just doesn't look, like, a lot better. And half the reason Detroit was scoring 30-some-odd points a game was because they absolutely freaking had to. Like, they had absolutely no choice other than score 35 points where they were getting blown out.
0: Yeah, I think that's a totally fair point as well. And I just don't know if I trust the Lions as a team that I expect them to score 30 points a game again. I just I don't know if I trust Jared Goff that much like I, I just it's something that that's kind of what I'm I'm struggling with with this team Donnie give me an underrated player and then we can kind of move on to our next team. It's going to be
2: great here uh, because you just said you don't believe in Jared Goff, but I'm going to go with Jared Goff solely because you asked the question, is he good enough to lead this team to the playoffs? And the fact that you have to ask that question uh, makes me believe that you may be underrating Jared Goff just slightly. So my my thought process here is pretty much there's not that many good quarterbacks in the NFL. Let's just let's let's keep it how it is. Like there, there are some, some very mediocre starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Baker Mayfield is going to be out there slinging passes uh, for, for a portion of this year guaranteed. And I, I, you know, I love Baker Mayfield and everything he's, he's done, you know, he seems like a really great teammate to have. He's banging his head on everybody's helmet with no helmet on. It's, it's great. It's, it's fun TV, but I, I don't know. I think maybe we're underrating Jared Goff just slightly here. Um, Not, not a superstar quarterback and everything, but people, you need, a, you need at least a, a middling average quarterback to get you there. And I'm not, I'm not saying Jared Goff is a future, you know, a Future Hall of Famer. It's hard to say he's going to be great, but I, I think if you have to ask the question, if he's good enough to lead in the playoffs after a nine-win year last year, after you would assume that he's just going to keep getting better in uh what whatever they're doing. I, I don't know. I feel like Jared Goff might be that guy that you're underrating a little bit, or we are underrating as a as a human being, as a as a fandom of football here.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. Anything else to add on the Detroit Lions, nation? Mason.
1: Uh no, I think we did a pretty good
0: job covering them. Great. All right, let's talk about the Chicago Bears a little bit. Obviously, uh, kind of you know, I just want to like clarify my thoughts on the Bears. Like, I've been very annoyed by them this off season, but mainly just because their fans are like delusional to, like. A level that really almost uh i would say rivals my delusion uh like um like let's just take a moment here um bears fans like every year basically since mitch trubisky have been like yeah we're we're, we're a contender we're like a deep playoff team like we, we, you know we're we like we should expect to be a high flying team and one of the the stories of the NFL and and it just hasn't been the case and I you know while I do predict for Broncos to go to the playoffs every year I don't think once during the entirety of this podcast except maybe last year have I ever said the words I think the Denver Broncos could win the Super Bowl like I I don't think I've ever once said that. And, and, and Donnie keeps track of everything I say, so like you know, I think he can hold me too. Bet I think I really, that's fair. I really don't think I've ever said the Denver Broncos are winning a Super Bowl. I think I just believe they can be a playoff team every year, which I would argue is not a crazy assertion because there are a lot of playoff teams in the NFL. But Bears fans are, are just annoying me a little bit, and and we can talk about the offense last because I think it's more interesting why I don't believe in the the bears is because just like, look at the defense and like Mason, I just want you to tell me, Mason, like what are they trying to build in this defense other than having like decent linebackers? Because to me, other than having decent linebackers, they literally do not have anything like they are, they are like, a very like I love Jalen Johnson to death former you but like let's not lie to ourselves he's not an elite corner like what 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 are we doing here like don't tell me the Bears are back they don't even have like a half competitive defense right now I don't think
1: no I
0: mean Again, don't get
1: me wrong, I'm not necessarily up on, you know, all the defensive players across the league or anything like that, keeping track of that stuff, but when I'm going through their depth chart, I'm literally just going, who's this? Who's this? Who's this? Okay, I know who Tremaine Edmonds is. Okay, who's this guy? Who's this guy? It's just like, other than their linebackers, it's just like a cavalcade of mildly no-name human beings who – I think they're hoping they can string together something productive out of. I mean, there's been coaches in the past who can do a lot with very little, but, I mean, I don't think the Bears have shown us that, so.
0: Downey?
2: You know, I wouldn't say necessarily. Guys, like I don't know, Eddie Jackson is not necessarily a no-name player. Uh, I think Eddie Jackson is a oh, very yeah.
0: Eddie Jackson yeah. is. But 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 I'm Eddie just Jackson I'm just I'm just trolling. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, I'm
1: he,
2: sorry. He's not he's not that old, Eric. Relax. I, I actually just just to get this out of the way, I have Eddie Jackson as my underrated player because I knew that, that somebody was going to go out here and and start talking talking mad trash, Eric. Um, but it, it's definitely not like the the closer to the the line you get, the worse it gets, I think, and that's a scary reality. Because last year they were really bad. I, I don't know if you uh, I don't know how much Bears football you took in last year, but there was not much pressure, and which means there's there's not much defense. It's just how how football works these days. I feel like so. I, I don't know if you're you're too far off there, but you know let let's not slander Eddie Jackson. Let's not slander Tyreek Stevenson, brand new to the team, just drafted out of Miami. How dare you, Eric? Got gotta gotta get up on your on your you, but yeah, it's 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 the Bears, dude. Like really, I, I'm I'm very excited to talk about the offense. Very not excited to talk about the defense. And I think even Bears fans, if the Bears fans are out here thinking, oh, this is gonna be a good year defensively, they got they got a whole new thing coming for them. All
0: right, the offense. As I pull up my question for the offense, so okay, they go out, they get DJ Moore. They make some moves along the offensive line. They've been pretty open in mini camps and everything. But Braxton Jones, Tevin Jenkins, Cody Whitehair, Nate Davis, Darnell Wright. That's that's the line. Okay, it's a young line. That's like Tevin Jenkins has been pretty good at guard actually, and like Cody Whitehair is a decent a sa- uh, decent center. Like we'll see how the tackles pan out and and see what ends up happening in that regard. But they go out. They get DJ Moore. They already have Darnell Mooney kind of underwhelmed last year. Chase Claypool kind of underwhelmed last year, but like still those are like decent guys. Yes, Donnie. My question for you is this, like what are realistic expectations for Justin Fields? Like let, let's just talk about it from a pure like amateur podcast quarterback tier system. Cause I know you're a tears guy like angle, like what tier does Justin Fields need to fall into this year to like warrant the Bears picking up his fifth year option and starting to look for like a long term contract towards him? Because like people forget this, this is, it has been a while for Justin Fields. Like this is his third year. Like it's, it's time to put up or shut up. This does kind of feel do or die for him.
2: It's a little bit different than do or die at this point, in my opinion, solely because he wasn't necessarily given a fair shot, especially year one. That team was just a, the team is still was still pretty abysmal last year. Um, The fact that people were talking about him on a team that was uh, uh, he had three wins at quarterback through 15 games. And that a lot of it was just him willing them to the point where they could win games because they weren't doing anything otherwise. Uh, I think the realistic expectation would be um teams start. Uh, game planning even further for his running running game. Uh, teams really try to shut him down, force him to throw the ball. And uh, a realistic expectation, if you're a Bears fan, would be he improves significantly throwing the ball. Um, just in, in general, I don't necessarily know how much improvement you're gonna get, given the fact that again, young offensive line, really young offensive line, gonna be a little little scary to deal with. I mean, the last couple years have been pretty rough. For them too. So, uh, the only thing I would say a realistic expectation would be an improvement, definitely completing more passes, uh, turning the ball over less would would be very ideal, Uh, and keeping up some sort of uh, running game in between what he did last year and his first. I just, you can't really run him like you did last year, I don't think. Because then you're putting yourself in a situation to where you're you're really asking for your quarterback to get hurt, and we see it all the time with running quarterbacks. So it's a little bit different with him because he he has some intangibles, he has some some different skill sets. He's a little bit more unique than than some of the other running quarterbacks of the past. Um Not all of them, obviously, but I would definitely say you can't run your quarterback like they ran him and expect them to just like expect them to be fine. Eventually, when you get hit. It, it, something bad happens like it, it the more hits you take the more likely it is that something bad is gonna happen and they really the last thing they want at this point in a year where they're not winning anything uh just they just need him to improve throwing the ball everything else is a wash if he stays a full year and throws the ball a little bit better than he has the last couple of years
0: how do you view him as a passer mason i he's he's definitely
1: made some pretty splashy throws here and there um I'd, I'd obviously have to go back and do a bit of a deeper dive on the season to make some less broad determinations, but I felt like his consistency wasn't always there, but I mean, it's, it's hard to like separate that from like the electricity of him as a player sometimes too, which I know I need to, when we're just talking about him purely as a passer, but just, um, I, I think, you know, Claypool, I, a big reason they wanted him there was to kind of open up that target window, too, because he had such a big reach. And so it's kind of like that Pam Newton style when he had that MVP year. It's get him a bunch of big targets and let him not necessarily make the most accurate of throws, but still make a bunch of completions and, and kind of keep that offense moving. So I, I don't think he's necessarily the most polished. I mean, you know, you've got Nathan Peterman sitting at third under him, so they could find worse by far. <laughs> uh But, I mean, is he even necessarily the best passer in his division? I don't know that I would
0: say that. Hmm. I think he has the upside to be that, though. My my thought while watching Justin Fields is it's kind of crazy, but, like, I would call him – bizarro Josh Allen where Josh Allen early in his career really struggled with hitting the deep stuff really struggled with the touch passes and kind of the crazy stuff into tight windows and was much better at like the mid-range and short game to be honest with you throughout his first three years I don't know if you would agree with that or not Mason but uh, I feel like that's a pretty fair assessment of Josh Allen It's almost shocking. Justin Fields is like super good at throwing the deep ball. He has really nice touch. He can make very high difficulty throws off platform, but he struggles with the easy stuff. Like a lot of the throws he missed last year were just like the underneath, like check down stuff. And when you you miss that kind of stuff as a quarterback, it's just kind of concerning. I do think he can improve in that regard, but I think, It'll it'll show a lot to see how big of a year Chase Claypool has this year. Because if I were Justin Fields, I would have used him a lot more last year because what Chase Claypool is incredibly good at is just getting that underneath stuff and using his body to make possession catches against linebackers. And that's really what Justin Fields kind of struggled with throwing last year. So I'm I'm interested to see how, how that ends up. Uh, turning out but I, I you know I don't I don't think that expecting him to be a near top 10 quarterback this year is an unrealistic expectation like I feel like we should be talking about him in the same breath that we talk about Stafford and Cousins and Dak by the end of the year and if we're doing that I think there's a pretty solid argument to be made that uh, Justin Fields is in fact a, a franchise quarterback that the Bears can kind of build around. Donnie, anything else on the Bears?
2: Not a whole lot. My only thing would be just seeing how Khalil Herbert takes over the full workload, or at least him and Foreman should be interesting back there. It's not the worst duo you could have, but they had a lot of consistency with Montgomery, and now maybe you don't really know exactly what you're getting out of guys that play like spurts every once in a while when the number one is hurt uh we will see it in minnesota too when we talk about them a little bit obviously different running back um it, it's going to be really interesting to see how they function because david montgomery felt like kind of like a like a safety blanket very very good in the pass catching game also a decent pass blocker as well which they kind of need whereas khalil herbert is not going to be doing any pass blocking for you ever period he's just it's just not his guy so uh it, it'll be interesting i think that's a, that's a small small story cuz realistically there's running backs everywhere you can find one you can find one at your local Walmart fairly easily but you know it's it's interesting to see their decision making away from Montgomery um when he would have been a really nice little safety blanket to have for Justin Fields at least for another year if they could have got it done
0: yeah i i personally am not a david montgomery fan i i think he's one of the more just a guy players in the nfl these days uh i feel like Deontay Foreman and Khalil Herbert are, are a pretty decent upgrade from what they had last year. I thought Khalil Herbert was good when he got the ball last year um, and De- Deontay Foreman had the best year of his career last year in, in, in Carolina. And I think might have one, one maybe two good years left in him. He is getting up there in age and that's always scary if you're a running back, but yeah, I, I do think, that's something to watch with the Bears as well. All right, let's talk about the Vikings. And uh, Mason, you, I feel like you're pretty aware of the, of the Vikings. Had a pretty infamous game with the Bills last year. A lot of close wins. A lot of crazy wins that you're like, how did that even happen? They go 13-4. and four, They end up losing to the Giants in the playoffs. Everyone knows they're going to regress. Everyone knows that they're going to take a step back a little bit. As a team, I don't really have an offensive question for them because I feel like it's kind of agreed upon among NFL watchers that it's just an average offense with a really with some really good players on it that can perform really well but also has the ceiling of Kirk Cousins. But my question is this. What does regression to the mean look like for the Vikings this year?
1: I think uh... – realistically what it's going to look like is those like a couple of those close games that they pulled out at least one of them outstandingly miraculous fashion. um As I was on my way back to my car, that was a really depressing thing. Uh, <laughs> and um I, I think it means that they're going to lose a couple of those games. I mean, you, you, it, some of them were so loopy to some degree that it's like you can't consistently ask for replication of that it's kind of like the idea of a team who gets like those record high turnovers where it's like well that was really nice that that defense pulled all of that off but next year it's not going to be the same thing they're not going to be that same turnover machine defense it's just like kind of you get some of those lucky breaks that you desperately need and it it really kind of changes the outlook of a season by the end of it. But again, I mean, it it almost didn't for them because when we were talking about it as we were going to the playoffs, I think we all fairly agreed that the Minnesota Vikings were one of the biggest frauds that had made it into there and then proceeded to get dumped on by the Giants. So were we yeah. wrong? I didn't think so.
0: No. And I we think team. that's
1: what what we're going to see is pretty much what the playoffs showed us is, is that would be more of what that team looks like.
0: How how bad do you think it's going to be, Donnie? Do you think there is still a team that compete can compete for the playoffs this year? Because wh- one thing about last year that wasn't fluky was their defense was bad in all the games they played uh, to the level that it was probably the worst in the NFL. And they brought in Brian Flores, which – you know, can't discount that. One of the best defensive minds in the NFL right now could obviously change things, but their depth chart, you know, kind of looks the same defensively and mm, you just, I, I, I don't know. What What do you think about the Vikings?
2: It's interesting to me because I do think that this is still a playoff fighter a team that will give you nine wins is probably not super out of the question but uh, it is a tough schedule Um, when you ask this question I hadn't really looked into the schedules like that but obviously uh, as you know Eric the AFC West it's a blessing and a curse it's going to be very difficult for anybody to play against the AFC West even your Denver Broncos on prime time in November it's going to be it should I'd say that's a tough game so playing The AFC West in general, never easy. They will probably lose at least two, probably three of those games, depending on who shows up uh, this year. And then, again, you got to play your own division with a lesser team. Again, the defense is an interesting aspect of all of this because uh, doing my research for said podcast, I learned a lot that pretty much uh, Vikings fans were clamoring for any type of change because they wouldn't play a single lick of man coverage uh, for large portions of the year. And they were trying to stop the big plays yet. Every play was a big play against them. It felt like, so that's kind of hard to deal with, but uh, again, they're going to blitz more than double the amount probably than they did last year, which will mean a lot more man coverage. Probably. I mean, like you would kind of sort of assume that's the case. So uh, you're not going to see the same defense. It's, it might not be a good defense. It might be an equally bad defense, but you're going to see a different defense. So uh, until they until they prove it on the field, you kind of have to assume they're just going to be crap again, I think. Defensively, at least, you kind of have to assume that that will be the, the – the entire thing, holding them back from doing anything outside of Kirk Cousins. Obviously, we, we know about that already. But yeah, it's really interesting, actually, just to, to look into an entirely different defense. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a better defense. Uh, although Vikings fans would like you to believe that they're going to be back next year. It's another 13-win season. Uh, in
0: my research, saw a lot of that, too. A whole lot of that. Yeah. I'm interested to see what happens with the Vikings. Uh, one last question here before we move on: Is Kirk Cousins the quarterback of the Vikings next year? I'll let whoever takes that one to take that.
2: Yes, yes, he is because they don't they don't have anything else going for them. So that, that's that's. That's the only thing. Is it is it is it the right thing? Is it the smart thing?
0: Probably not,
2: but it no, is it no, what's gonna sorry.
0: happen. Sorry, I, I should I should clarify. Not this year. Yo, I oh, I know. Oh I know. Oh I know.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm I'm we're well we're we're on the same page here, Eric. I'm thinking yes. I would say uh, I'd say it's almost a lock that it's gonna be that same really? thing again because I assume that they'll make they'll have at least a good enough year to where they're a playoff, uh, a playoff hopeful and they fight until the last week of the season, and then uh, once again Kirk will be back it'll be the same team probably for, for all we know at this point, it's uh, I think they're a little bit of a mess there, but what else they got going for them?
0: Yeah. All right. Finally. The green Bay Packers really interesting team to me. Just really interesting in general. The big question is obviously Jordan love, but here's my question. Forget Jordan Love. Do we believe in the Packers' offensive weapons in general? Because it looks a lot different now than it did under Aaron Rodgers. You know, the mainstays are gone. Alan Zard's gone, you know. It looks like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs as your kind of top two receivers. And Jalen Reed in the slot. And then a bunch of guys that are really unproven Behind them, and then you know, same backfield Aaron Jones, still obviously a very good running back, and AJ Dillon, obviously a nice change of pace. Luke Musgrave at tight end, do we believe Jordan Love has enough around him to you know judge him accurately as someone who's getting their first real taste? Of NFL action for the first time in in his what now at this point, five year NFL career? Like this is this is really he's had his time to develop. Um, if you're a draft nick, you almost feel like, wow, like no more perfect scenario. Cause everyone came in and they were like, This guy has Mahomes upside. Like, if he gets time to sit back and develop, and he did, you know, he he had four or five years to sit behind Aaron Rodgers, get to learn the Matt LaFleur scheme. Do we think he has the weapons now around him? And do we think the offense is good enough for for him to have a fair shot to succeed?
2: No, probably not. It just, it's really hard. I think to not have any type of veteran presence at all in your receiver room. And it's like, they don't, there's nothing there. It's, it's crazy. It's a stark change to what you would have expected what you would have seen five years ago. You're seeing all these uh early 30s or, you know, mid late 20s receivers in the room. And now you've got 12 year olds uh, at every spot around the table. There's no nobody with any real experience. Um, so I, I would say that's probably very, very detrimental, all things considered um, to Jordan Love's potential success. And then just in general, like it's not like this team was working for Aaron Rodgers really like it Aaron Rodgers was not great he was not he wasn't horrible he was he was not what you would expect out of Aaron Rodgers obviously he was just a little bit worse than what you would have hoped to get out of Aaron Rodgers last year but uh, again it didn't work for him I I don't think it'll work for Jordan Love I don't think it would work for Sean Clifford or whoever else they have behind Jordan Love Um, it's going to be it'd be a very tough sell for me to if you told me hey this is going to be a, an average level receiving core throughout the year i would say yeah pro- probably not we're going to we're going to be waiting for um it's it's going to be a minute till the packers have a real receiving weapons that matter i think
0: i i'm going to push back i would slightly disagree on that i think you saw enough from christian watson last year to consider him at least a good nfl starting wide receiver i think romeo dubs showed enough flashes last year and here's why i believe in romeo dubs because last off season the hype out of packers training camp was aaron Rodgers being like romeo dubs is the real deal and like he's gonna get there and be like my number one target at some point now obviously aaron Rodgers was never healthy last year kind of quit on the team like it didn't really work out but i truly believe if he had stayed this year Romeo Dubs would have been a guy he's looking at and all the reports out of OTAs are saying, you know, Romeo Dubs will look spectacular. And like he and Jordan Love went and trained together and, and all this stuff. Now, am I saying they have the same caliber of, of weapons as like the Bengals or the Eagles or anything like that? No, absolutely not. But I do feel like this is an average NFL wide receiving core. I do feel like I'd feel very comfortable putting this team somewhere between the 12th and 15th best skill position group in the NFL and a lot of that has to do with Aaron Jones and a lot of that also has to do with Matt LaFleur who with you know the corpse of Aaron Rodgers, still led the Packers to a pretty successful season and who has always relied more on the running game than he has the passing game I don't know I think a ton of it depends on David Bakhtiari's health, which let's just face it, he hasn't been a healthy player the past three years. Uh you can't count on that. But Elton Jenkins is a very good, you know, a very good player that kind of slots into that left tackle spot when Bakhtiari gets hurt. You know, I I don't know. I sneaky I sneaky kinda like the Packers to win this division as we kind of wrap this up here. I really do. I sneaky do. And it's because of the defense. And I know we say this every year. We do say this every year. We say, wow, look at this Packers defense. The problem is this Packers defense, like they never play all at a really high level at the same time. Like they, they, they all go off at like different times. Like the only one on here that's consistent is Jair Alexander. Like that, that's just the reality of the, of the situation. Rasul Douglas, Eric Stokes, both had good moments last year. Guess what? When Eric Stokes was playing really good, Rasul Douglas was a liability. And when Rasul Douglas was playing really good, Eric Stokes disappeared off the field and wasn't able to get on. They got Rashawn Gary back, I believe. You know, Preston Smith's still there. Devontae Wyatt is a guy. I like a lot Kenny Clark is is I I think pretty underrated as as a as a defensive end I do think that just on on paper in practice who knows but on paper this is no doubt the best defense in the division to me at least am I crazy to say that Mason
1: necessarily think you're crazy to say that i think that that again on paper right now as it stands this is probably the best defense in that division um again once game time comes on and some of the rookies get to show what they've got that could definitely change but just the collection of talent they have is definitely looks better than what everybody else has going on
0: yeah i think i found uh today the for real, I did some some quarterback rankings, and I figured out that like there are twenty NFL quarterbacks that I feel like are elite. To I sort of trust them, and the list kind of ends at Daniel Jones. He's like in a weird, like gray area, um where I kind of trust him, but not really. Us um, too.
2: Trust but, me. Gi- Giants fans feel
0: the same way, but but not really. And like right outside of that, I put Russell Wilson, by the way. Um, But I do think that Jordan Love has a chance this year to be part of that conversation, to be one of those quarterbacks where you're like, yeah, you probably don't need to draft a quarterback next year. Like, I I don't think he's going to set the world on fire. But spoiler alert, I think the, the Packers still end up with a winning record. I think this division ends in and and. My predictions for these are almost always wrong because I'm almost always too optimistic on somebody. Like, for example, the Vikings I, I have is like a six-win team. That can't possibly be right. They'll probably win more than six games. But I do feel like the Packers, the Lions, and, and and the Bears I have as a nine-win team, and maybe that's being a little bit too generous. Who knows? But the Packers, I feel pretty confident in saying I trust their coaching the most. I trust the roster the most. I know everyone loves the Lions, but the Lions are still the Lions. And like there's, like part of me is is just like takes a page out of Donnie's book here where Don, Donnie has some teams that like he just doesn't believe in because of who they are as a franchise. And like the Lions are kind of one of those teams for me. And I love Dan Campbell and I love the hard knocks and I love the story. Like I get it. It's cool. it's It's fun to root for an upstart team, but I don't think they win this division. I think the Packers win this division. I do think the Lions sneak into the playoffs as like a seven seed, and the Bears are right there competing on the cusp. I don't think they'll be a playoff team. But yeah. Let's just go around really quick and then I think we can get out of here. Who who do you have? And this will obviously change. You know, we'll we'll do our big playoff preview at the end of the summer, like we always do. It might change as we talk about more of these, but as of today. As of our first division rankings, like, which of these teams do you do you think wins the division and do you think there's another playoff team, Mason?
1: No, I think that they're sending one this year. That's it. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I know it's a, a pretty weak conference. I don't think it's that weak. I, th- I think... When this comes to shove, we're going to see a lot of mediocre football from the North, and I don't think that's going to be enough to get more than one of them out as a division winner.
0: Who do you think wins the division? Honestly? I think the Lions. I think that's
1: who I'm going to ride this year. I think I'm going to just go with the Lions, and I'm just going to go with my heart because that's who I want. That's who I want to win it. And, and they might not be the most talented roster, but damn, they got heart.
0: Yeah, that is true. Heart, heart does matter.
2: Donnie. Yeah, just by by deduction, um, I think the Vikings are going to have a down year because they play the AFC West and they have the Eagles and Niners and Bengals, who they will not be beating, um, very very likely. I would say in that situation, I'm not picking the Bears. Uh, unfortunately, I'm I'm not as high on the Bears as Eric may seem. I don't think nine wins this year. No, nine wins next year. Yes, I, I
0: will say I will say nine wins is a ceiling. I okay. I, so like realistically, like seven or eight, maybe somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I so I I think seven to nine is realistic. Yeah, I
2: think that's fair. I also think that I'm going to go with the Lions solely because I do think the rest of the division. I'd like to say, um, I I maybe I'm buying into your thought that Jordan Love could very well be a a quality quarterback. It feels like you know three years behind. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, even if Aaron Rodgers didn't want to teach anything at all, you never, really never know what you're getting out of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers could have completely sabotaged Jordan Love for three years and everything that he said, and you would say, oh, it's so Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I, I think that there's a chance that they are better than people think they're going to be. I think there's a couple people out there, um, you know. Sleeping on the Packers, I've seen a lot of NFL NFL media people sleeping on the Packers and the Bears. I think that's pretty fair, kind of sort of where you want to be. But I-, I think the Lions win the division. Uh, it's not going to be pretty, as was mentioned previously. I don't think it's going to be good football. But um, this is the football that a lot of people like. This is the the great rivalry games that will end up going down to the wire, even though they have no reason to go down to the wire. I definitely don't think they're getting a second team out of the division. I do think you can almost guarantee at least two out of the NFC East. I think that we'll get two out of the NFC West, and then one of those divisions will send a third team. I don't think it's going to be the South, and I the North doesn't seem like they've got a multiple 10-win teams in it this year for me. So I'll take the Lions winning it. Maybe at 10 wins, we'll give the Lions. They they make the playoffs. They don't really do anything, but that's – uh
0: about as realistic as i can think i guess yeah i i I think those are fair points i i would just reiterate that today and just over the past week i've come around way more on the packers than i thought i would have that that that's been one of the surprises of this exercise is i just really like the packers as a concept and i'm pretty excited to watch them this year um i think They're a very interesting team to keep track of. And I do think Jordan Love will be successful because he has a great coach. You know, Matt LaFleur is a, a top 10 NFL head coach and like has a very easy to learn offensive system. All right, Donnie, how deep into the Dodgers game did we get tonight?
2: Uh, I think it's the third inning. I oh, no, it's the second inning, but going to the bottom of the second, it's two-two, so not too bad. The game started at ten fifteen, not ten thirty, so uh, I, I'll take the I'll take the L on that one. Obviously, bad on me, but not not too far. We're we're doing okay. I'll I'll, I'll take this, Eric. Usually, I was expecting at least like eleven thirty Eastern uh, done time. So uh, this is quick for you, I think.
0: Yeah, this this is a quick one. We're gonna keep these division previews a little bit quicker, Mason. Next week, be here. AFC East, we go deep on uh, on AFC East teams. Hopefully, Verb uh, will be able to join us. We'll we'll hopefully have YB back as well, and maybe a, a, another special guest. Until then, go check out Verody on the Horn podcast. You can find it on Spotify, iTunes, at RothPod on Twitter. Even though I guess that's like a dying medium now, but like I I, I don't really know. I, I I'm not on Threads yet. Uh, you should be. I, I started to do it And then I was like Nah this is stupid I don't really care about much So I uh, I didn't do it uh, But maybe I'll be on there By the time these division previews ends Who knows I'm, I'm going to wait for it to get a little bit more evolved And see if it actually sticks uh, Before I get on uh, Until then Boys thank you so much for joining me We will see you all next week Peace out